The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> burp, burp, a doop. <laughs> Why did that remind me of the Bill Cosby? Remember when he, when yes. they made fun of him for like the boop, boop, doop, boop, boop, <laughs> dropping the pill in the drink? I don't, I think oh, that I geez. said that. Oh my God. I think I said my little sound effect though before I hit record. So like nobody knows. I know. That I was like, burp, burp, burp. That's so what that's a- the sound you make when you hit record. <laughs> so this this is the Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> uh, and I'm Nicole. And um I am in the same room that I'm normally in to record, but did not prepare myself for the heat factor in here today. So if you know things get a little loopy. Or thankfully, most people will not be able to see me wipe sweat from my forehead. I am, I'm basically dripping already at this point. <laughs> it's the heat. Um, but uh, besides me complaining about being hot, which I shouldn't because it's beautiful day here in Michigan, we have actually a guest mm-hmm. with us from Arizona. And I'm really excited to talk to her just about overall like stress management the feelings of being overwhelmed like just anxiety in general (laughs) um so i'd like to welcome dr leslie bosch she's a developmental psychologist founder of bosch integrative wellness and a national board certified health and wellness coach hello hello thank you so much for having me on the program i'm so excited to be here with you we're like Thank really you. Ha- yeah, we're really excited to have you because I don't think we've done like the specific anxiety management, depression management before, have we? I don't. I don't know. I, we, have. we have like 200 episodes at this yeah. rate. Who knows? I but like. Um, <laughs> I assume that uh, at some point we've done a bit of it, but I don't know if we've done a whole episode focused on yeah, no. it specifically. Um, one of the things that. I guess intrigues me the most about the, I guess, advice guidance that you give to people is regarding the feelings of being overwhelmed, because it's something that I struggle with pretty regularly being a single female. Um, So I don't even have kids. So I don't quite understand how people Right. Are like fully on their own and like a single parent and survive life. Um, I feel like a lot of disassociation happens. <laughs> I don't know. But when you are only you and you don't have anyone else, or at least you don't have anyone else close or nearby who's coming over to be like, sure, I'll help you move this piece of furniture. Or let me make a meal this night. Like it's all on you all the time. Like the feelings of overwhelm just kind of linger. (laughs) A little. Cause I forget everything like a motherfucker now. That's what I found out as a product, like a product of my being overwhelmed. (laughs) You have memory lapses? Oh, I had the retention rate of like a goldfish circa 21. 2021 now we're retention rate of an actual rock like there's nothing there (laughs) 
Yes, absolutely. That is a thing that can happen with overwhelm. When you are in that state of panic, yeah, your ability to recall things can so get been, really challenging. So I've been panicking for a full year? Cool. Got it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so how do you how do people recognize like I'm in like bad overwhelm state versus this is just like every day I'm kind of down today or you know, the difference, I guess, between like, when do I need help and what's normal? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Cause I feel like it's the same sentiment of like, I walk into the room and it smells, but I get used to it. And I leave the room and I come back. I'm like, this is not acceptable. But like, <laughs> when do we have that moment? <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So it sounds like also you're talking about a distinction between overwhelm and like burnout. And yeah. that definitely is like a big <laughs> distinction. Like, how do I know when I'm really stressed and how do I know when I'm burnt out? So yeah, when you when you're when it's really starting to get scary, you know, there's things going on, like what you said. Um, people experience things like getting really um sort of spaced out, like you mentioned. People will talk about having pains in their body, like sometimes people have headaches or they have stomach aches or they have back aches. Um Sometimes people will experience that they can't sleep, that they just can't turn their mind off and they're having a really tough time sleeping. Sometimes people will get really irritated and find themselves snapping at people and sort of being like, oh, bummer. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, oh, bummer. <laughs> but I'm really stressed out. And yeah, I just lost my time. I just lost it. Um, people will have that, you know, they feel a sense that they're um, taking care of everything and everybody but themselves. So they can feel like they're not having any fun. They can feel that they don't really know what the point is to their life. You know, they're just kind of stuck in drudgery. Um, and they can just sort of have a sense of being really alone and that they don't have anybody who understands what's going on. So those are some of the things that you can experience when stress is probably starting to get chronic and kind of a little, like you're saying, out of hand. So then, sounds, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so that's like when you're overwhelmed, that's not, right. that's on the way to burnout. Burnout's a different set of fun little things. Yeah. Burnout is really that sense of chronic, 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 chronic. Like it just like it never, never goes away. Stops. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So person, a person can be going along in their lives doing well and then have a setback and get a little overwhelmed, but then they can, you know, take a few breaths, get a, you know, take a break, get some lunch, go for a walk, take a little nap. Next morning they wake up, they're back at it. This is really not, um, this is pretty normal right? For us to get, we're going along, then we get overwhelmed, then we take a little break, then we regroup, then we're back at it. Then we get overwhelmed, mm -hmm. then we take a little break, we regroup, we get back at it. That's pretty normal, where we just feel that we're in our lives and our lives are challenging, but they're not overwhelming. What were you a lot say, of, oh, uh, a lot of what you were saying, though, I guess, reminded me also of symptoms or feelings that could be related to depression as well. And so I'm, I mean, I'm not the doctor here, but, um, it also <laughs> seems like some people may, uh, not be able to discern the two. I don't know if that's a thing. 
Right. So a lot of times it's hard. It is difficult. So like I'm a coach, which is different than being a therapist and a therapist really would sort of try and diagnose that you have depression. And then typically the treatment for depression would be medication. Now, in my case, it could be that you're just feeling a little out of sorts, overwhelmed, stressed, primarily because of how you're thinking about or handling your life. And then it would be like new skills and you would improve the quality of your life by handling things differently. Oh, I like it. So instead of giving pills, you give tools. Exactly. I well, like in that. an ideal world, if you really are depressed, I feel like you should have both. Both. And isn't that cognitive? Yeah, therapy? both. Yeah, you probably, yeah, exactly. It's a lot like cognitive behavioral therapy where you're looking at your thoughts to discern, you know, kind of where you have some just thoughts that aren't serving you and thoughts that probably aren't really in alignment with reality, if that makes sense. They're like errors. They're little like you got those ideas when you were young, but you haven't quite updated. Right. You're updated, right. To get more like in line with what's going on now, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's, that's a real thing. Like that happens to people a lot, a lot. Well, and if you're uh moving at the speed of light, then you're not going to pause to go, is this thought real <laughs> <laughs> or to recalibrate at all? I, I mean, I, I feel like if I'm stressed out and let's say I'm on the tipping point of burnout, then my overall outlook also could be, I guess, I could be saying that I'm realistic, but ultimately it actually could be kind of negative mm -hmm. because you're just like, you know, woe is me or why is this happening to me or predicting that that's like the worst is going to happen. Like you just get into this cyclical rhythm. Victim cycle. Right. Absolutely. Where once, if you, once you, there is definitely evidence that suggests if you're in a bad mood, then you're going to see more negative things than if you're in a, in a positive mood, then you're going to see more positive things. So your mood definitely colors what you notice. So if you're feeling lousy, then it's just going to compound because you're going to notice more things. See, what I like to say is like your, your mind really is essentially like a big, it's like a big Google keyword search is really <laughs> you put it in that's scary <laughs> yeah you put it you put it in you say what's bad what's wrong and your mind just goes and gets a, a million whatever so it just goes and finds it and finds it and finds it and finds it so if you don't stop and say okay keyword search everything that's positive everything that's working then your mind's not going to go and fetch that well and i feel like you're also not going to have as many results come up in your search <laughs> <laughs> if it's positive if, like if you're in a negative mindset you're just not gonna have that many positive search results <laughs> that's really perfect yeah you're right it could just be a big blinker for a while there till something, loads. something loads yeah exactly <laughs> it will happen it just might take longer you get the oops dinosaur fuck <laughs> sorry page cannot be found i'm yeah. offline <laughs> Exactly. So, um, you know, obviously we all get into these rhythms or we get into these modes where we could get overwhelmed and then have to take the step back. Um, what's, I guess, a good suggestion for going, okay, I've recognized that I'm in a state of overwhelm and 
now I need to make sure that in my day I allot, I don't know, 10 minutes for a walk or like, what's the thing that helps get you better on a better path? Right. To basically helps you to switch the channel. The other thing I like yeah. to say is it's just sort of like, you know, it's like you've got your remote control and you're, you're like, man, I don't like this programming. I get to change the channel. And that's yeah. essentially really what it is. Like, how can I change the channel? And there's a, a million, a million, I shouldn't say a million, but there are <laughs> tons of ways that you can do this. So you can, you can go at it, you know, physically, like you said, to, to dance, move, walk, uh, do some yoga, do, you know, running, go to the gym, you know, so there are ways you could do that. You could also do it um, with like a healthy snack that will also help to reset your um, nervous system. Essentially, that's what we're talking about. Or you can really just stop and think about some different things, right? So that would be, you could come in through the mind, you could come in through the body. And if you come in through the mind, then you want to ask yourself some questions about what am I thinking? Right? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking and what different thoughts could I think? So for some people who are overwhelmed that feel as though that setting aside that time to get unoverwhelmed is a waste of time because they could be using that time to do the things that they're overwhelmed by. How oh, get- that's me. <laughs> oh, hey, <it'd> be- <laughs> Oh, look at that. It's me too. <laughs> I've gotten way, way better, but I'm not too. feeling guilty about taking a break situation or the, I'm going to watch my show on the couch and not think about the pile of laundry has gotten way, way better. <laughs> yeah, no, there's that, but also the, like the regret there's the mm. guilt that I feel when I'm going through that time where I should be focusing on me time. Cause that's what I'm supposed to be doing, even though I'm overwhelmed by other stuff. And then there's like, okay, I spent that hour and I felt, I don't know if I really benefited from that hour. And now I kind of regret spending that hour doing something I could have, you know, it's just that vicious cycle. So how do we get, how do we get out of that one? <laughs> That's, that's so good. I'm so glad. What a great question. Yes. So of course, again, it, part of that is a kind of a, again, it's a mindset, right? So it's a kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now, if you can say that self-care is critical and that you are going to take a moment for self-care. Now, taking a break, yeah, and maybe watching Netflix or playing with your phone, again, I'm not sure that this is necessarily as beneficial as some other things that you could be doing might be, if that makes sense. So I'm not saying that uh, all breaks are created equal. Right, right. right. So we are trying to look for some things that really have shown, been shown to help people to regroup and to settle themselves and to switch their nervous systems, if you will. Right. Because what we're really talking about is if you're like in that sympathetic nervous system activation, which is that fight, flight or freeze and overwhelm is kind of freeze. Right. It's freeze. I have a question. Yes. What about fawn? Does fawn fall in there for you? Fawn. Yes, that's that's the the kind of acting it out part of it. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Continue. You guys see, you guys already know all this stuff. <laughs> oh no. I just, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> We're living this life. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> 
So definitely what you're trying to do is to shift your nervous system back into that rest and digest, right? That place where you are and in your brain, it really is. You're not in the survival brain, but now you're in that prefrontal executive functioning, right? Where you do your best thinking. So that's really ultimately what all these strategies are designed to help you do, help you move out of that. Oh shit, I'm scared. I'm triggered. I'm you know, I'm frightened. That's really what that is. Um, in back into I'm cool and I just need to do my work. It like, so it almost sounds like <clears throat> I'm making a really weird comparison. You can tell me to, you know, not with it or not, but like, um, people who are addicts who have that, you know, when they finally have that point of no return where they're like, I've finally reached my rock bottom. This is absolutely unacceptable for my life to be like this. And I need to make that change. It sounds like you almost need to have an intervention with yourself. Some people do in order to achieve the, like, you know, be able to get into that rest and digest state. Absolutely. I think people have to have that moment that you're talking about. Like if we, th if we think about the change process, right? The change process, there is a process, right? And step one really is actually to come out of what you might call that denial, where mm -hmm. essentially you understand, uh-oh, I have a problem and I have to do something about this. And usually that does have some kind of pretty profound emotional uh, component to it. Otherwise, we don't really register that, yeah, this is a big deal and I have to do something now. Mm -hmm. Then people usually move into that. The next stage is where they're should I, shouldn't I, like, what should I do? <laughs> then they can't get off the fence, right? Should I get into treatment or not? Should I, or shouldn't I, do I need treatment? Yes or no. Uh, do I need a therapist? Yes or no. Do I need a coach? Yes or no. Do I need, do I just need a new diet? Like, what is it? And then they hem and haw, hem and haw, hem and haw. So people can get stuck in stage one for like years. They can get stuck in stage two for years. Oh my God. That's my nightmare. Oh. <laughs> I am so decisive, like indecisive people or people who linger in indecision. Oh, it kills me. Oh, Which yeah, is funny yeah. because I am the queen of indecision, <laughs> but not, but not necessarily when it comes to like when Nicole and I are together doing stuff, I'm always capable of making those decisions. But like when it comes to me and my impacts a bit because it's just me, I'm like, I just really don't know what I should be doing about this. And Nicole would be looking at me going, come on <laughs> like eye twitching literally just veins popping out of her forehead just make a decision I'm like all right yes yeah, I should go with this one then she just <laughs> yeah this is why it's so good to work in pairs because absolutely <laughs> you 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 strengthen each other you help each other stay uh... on track this is a huge thing this is why you don't want to be going it alone this is why you definitely <laughs> want to have a buddy. <laughs> she doesn't help me make these decisions. She just overwhelms me because she's sitting there waiting for me to make the decision. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to walk away and say, well, when you get around to it in a month, let me know. No, That's she's going to stand like, there and keep holding the space of make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. Furiously holding that space. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just yes. a, I'm just teasing. It's not really yeah. always that bad, but no, no, but, um, I feel as though I have a very strong uh, intellectual spectrum, um, meaning that I can use my instincts to make decisions about a lot of different things in life. And generally the gut feel is the right one. And um, if I am 
on the fence or taking too long to make a decision, there's something else going on. There's something instinctually like not right with what's happening. So I, I mean, I just wish everyone would use their instincts for heaven's sakes. That's all. Cause I have like an inner, inner efficiency monster as well, where I'm like, uh, snap, snap, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that can be actually, believe it or not, that can be a huge source of stress and overwhelm. It is a hundred percent. So I so, had to stop caring so much. Yep. <laughs> Yep. All our strengths can, can, can reach that point, that tipping point where they become something else and they become problematic. Yeah. So it really is being able to know when it's, when it's enough and when you need to switch to another strategy. Yeah. My biggest thing was in the workplace when think like when decisions would take a really long time or the team was being really, really inefficient with the project or the, the way they're using their time or whatever, it would bother me so much. And at some point I had to go, this is sucking too much energy for me. Like <laughs> I have to stop caring. Like I can, yeah. I can only care to this point. And then I gotta be like, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> sadly, or not sadly, but ironically, Nicole and I have the same thing at work. We're the same worker. I will be furious if somebody can't figure it out within 10 minutes at work. Like, why is this difficult for you to understand the effects or the impacts of this decision are this, this, and this, and this is the, come on, let's go. <laughs> I ain't got all day. <laughs> Everything's right in front of you. Let's go. Like I have a problem. So I have started to care less about that kind of fun stuff at work. That's been fun. That's been recent. Maybe my Atta girl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is that there's this interesting line about how much to care. I've had this conversation with my therapist many times because I also feel like I could take on the energy of other people pretty easily and being very instinctual. It also lends you being kind of empathy. And I was a super independent child as well, who learned how to read a room really quick. So all of that, like can zap you, you can end up super overwhelmed or super stressed or super tired, like anything to the super level. So I have to put this like emotional bubble around me mm -hmm. and like, let things bounce off way mm -hmm. easier yep. said than done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And I am not suggesting that what I do may work for other people, but this is just the journey that I've been on. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and the thing is, the thing is, is, you know, the thing that it's, it's always going to, a lot of this is also has to do with patience and respecting that other people, like for us, what might be clear might not be clear for them. For us, what might be efficient is not efficient for them. So some of this is also just really being able to appreciate individual differences about we don't always know what for them why they're hemming and hawing or what's the, the holdup for them because we're not always privy to all the things that they that they're right. grappling with mm -hmm. right and so some of this is also just like about that boundaries because I like to think in terms of boundaries but not in that way that just what people shouldn't shouldn't do but boundaries like preferences and deep desires which are a lot about your your priorities 
right? So for mm-hmm. you, it might be about efficiency, but for another person, it might be about prudence. It might be about thoroughness. It might be about, you know, something else. So it isn't that the person is necessarily doing something bad, but they are valuing some valuing something different, or they do have a different set of criteria. Right. Yeah. I mean, another keyword that comes up a lot is also compassion. (laughs) (laughs) Having like coming from a place of compassion, um, which, you know, it's a passionate human. (laughs) A lot of my shit comes from a place of passion, apparently. (laughs) So how does one better dial it back? That, well, <laughs> change their mindset to think with compassion and, and even self-compassion, right? I think my, yeah. And I think part, part of it is also reactionary, but I'll let you, Miss Leslie. <laughs> no, I, I really rather hear this. It's fun. Yeah. So <laughs> compassion, compassion really is. And we need to make a, a note too the, the distinction between empathy and compassion. So empathy really is perspective taking, really just trying to see the other person's perspective. And then compassion is really trying to add kindness, but then also trying to add helpfulness. Cause like, you don't have to help a person, you know, but you, you, it would be nice. Like you said, I tend to agree with you if people could be more empathetic. So that they were trying to take other people's points of view and sort of join them where they're at and see, okay, what's up for you. And why are you quote unquote stalling or dragging your feet? What is happening here? Right. And then trying to understand what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Then from there, of course, compassion, I think can be that piece about kindness kindness that I still treat you kindly, even though I don't agree with you, or I don't think that you should be stalling. I think you should be moving ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've gotten way better about it. Um, but I don't know, I can't verbalize like how I've gotten better about it. Like, I don't know what switched in my mind. Like, I don't know if it was the, when I stopped caring less about the being efficient and all the other stuff that the compassion switched on more. I like, I can't, um, specifically say like what it did, like what happened to make my mindset change. So I don't know if there are any, uh, I did, I guess, good piece of is pieces of advice for people to like, enter in a situation, especially one where like, maybe they think it's going to be a really tense meeting. And instead of preparing themselves to be like on the defense, they prepare themselves for understanding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful tip. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Great. Going in and just like with me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not having an agenda so much, but also, you know, like what they say before seeking to be understood, seek to understand. So if you get, if you can hit, and you know that from like, if you can demonstrate that you have shared ground with the person and you understand them, this usually facilitates things. People start coming around and moving. Things get it's 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 like greasing the wheel or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah creating that commonality then creates a level of trust which you then have the ability to speak to them in a way that's different received i guess yeah Yeah. i find that that i also get my way (laughs) 
Yes, <laughs> yes, that you also get your way. Yes, but the thing, the person, it's already sort of what we're talking about. <laughs> that what we're talking about really is the nervous system thing, right? If people are feeling that they should be you know, scared of you for whatever reason, scared's not the right word, but they should be on guard mm -hmm. because you might be up to something no good, then they, they're going to be not really in that other headspace of just problem solving and collaborating. Right. They're going to be on defense. So they're going to be, yes. They're, rather than just being collaborative, they're going to be um, competitive, essentially. Right. Excuse me. So one other thing, not necessarily to shift gears, but to add to the conversation, one of the things I heard you say earlier was having a healthy snack or having a healthy meal. And we've talked to some folks in the past about how, you know, food impacts your well-being, but could you add a little bit more into what food means for you in your practice? Well, for me, food is, is really just sort of nourishing. So I tend from um, an integrative medicine perspective, we tend mm -hmm. to think in terms of, you know, as clean as you can, whole foods, uh, nutritious foods, you know, again, staying away from the processed foods, trying to go organic wherever you can. Um, again, portion control, you know, where you're eating um, and you're eating three square meals, maybe if you need a snack, you know, that kind of thing. Basically Mediterranean diet. Okay. So the, like the quality of the food though, how does that really impact like you and your emotional well-being and, and that kind of stuff, you know, the organic versus preserved, if you have any comments about that. Well, I'm, again, I'm not a nutritionist, but, um, I know that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not having to process, you know, if your liver isn't having to clean, you know, cleanse, 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 uh, the cleaner your, that you, the food that you put in, the easier it is going to be for your body to digest it and to use it. And so you're not adding that extra burden. And then also the important thing about inflammation, you don't have that inflammation ultimately, you know, sort of that allergic, it's a, you know, you wouldn't really call it an allergic reaction, but in a way that that's kind of what it is. Kind of, if your body's yeah. getting puffy, I would assume. Yep. yep, exactly. And it really is that inflammation that really does create the problems long-term for you. Got it. I mean, it's, it's funny to think that like, oh, I eat food and oh, I have stomach problems. People forget there's all the organs in your body are there to process the things you put in it. And the more you make it work, the less your body's working for you, concentrating on your, with your yep. brain. And like, it's harder to concentrate on stuff. It's crazy. Right. Especially if the nutrition isn't there, like really yeah. if the foods that you're eating are pretty much empty calories. Then there really isn't the nutrition that your body needs to stoke all your little mitochondria DNA and all of that, <laughs> and to actually create all those firings and synapses and all that. Right. Well, the unfortunate thing is though, that if you are in a state of uh, burnout or super stressed out, you're not eating probably good. not making the time to meal prep and or eat or eat or um you're grabbing stuff on the go or whatever so um unfortunately unless you slow down and take the the time and effort to do that um you're just going to be stuck in a repetitive cycle of not feeling good right exactly and that is what happens. Like the faster we're going, the more we grab the fast food. 
And even though there are ways, and I do work on this with my clients, there are ways, like you said, to get, you know, the healthy food so that it is there for you and can be fast. Um, it does take mostly for me, it takes a belief that it matters. And a lot of people really never have really had somebody tell them the importance mm -hmm. of food. So here again, for me, it's kind of like the luck of the draw. If you drop into a family that really does understand about nutrition and food and all of this sort of stuff, then you just sort of have that as a habit. But if you're like most Americans, especially you know, modern Americans, everything is on the go, on the go, processed, easy, quick, whatever. Yeah. And this is, you know, again, we're, we're, we're learning from, again, the science, you know, medical profession, scientific, whatever, that this just isn't going to work for us. It's not sustainable. Right. That's right. for sure. That's right. That's right. Well, and I mean, Sarah and I are eighties babies, right? So that's when, uh, low fat processed, everything came into, uh, grocery stores at a very high rate and people were basically believing that because it was approved and it was available that it was okay for you. Um, and there was not the internet for you to be able to do your own research easily. So unfortunately there's a lot of us who are in our thirties and forties who had to undo the learnings of our childhood and how our parents prepared food, um, or even learn like where food comes from. <laughs> yeah. That's the sad part. I did not know the connection to food and health and just the domino effect that your food choices has on you overall until I was probably in my, I don't know, mid to late twenties. It's when we became friends, honestly, because I yeah. remember you and I would sit there at lunch and be like, we feel like shit, let's go eat sandwiches. And we'd go eat something for lunch. And then I would be upset stomach for the rest of the day yeah. in the bathroom in and out, like just struggling. And yeah. when we started to cut stuff out of our diets, when we really started to realize like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both went gluten-free around the, same, at the time. same time. Yeah. Um, we both collectively lost like probably a good couple centimeters of like swelling around our faces <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that lemon trim now <laughs> um I also try really hard to not do the dairy as well um and minimize you know anything processed and yada yada and oftentimes what people say to me is like well then what do you eat and I'm like meat vegetables rice potatoes you know like anything like corn substitute. I'm like, trust me, if I didn't have things to eat, I'd be like, you know, a size zero. I'm clearly not. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not, we're not suffering to try to find alternatives for gluten. It turns out there's a lot of other options out there, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a pretty widespread response of, well, then what do you even eat? And I'm like, are you kidding me? God, your life must suck. It's actually great. <laughs> Yeah. Thoroughly enjoying this. I'm like, you stay on the perimeter of the grocery store, guys. <laughs> um, so one thing that I wanted to talk to you about and is not on topic with this pretty much at all, um, completely switching gears, is the topic of regret. Because I, I feel as though once you do have this knowledge, and you work with somebody like yourself, 
um, and you make changes, you could have regret about the fact that you didn't do it sooner. Or you could have regret about anything else, poor financial decisions, bad relationship choices, yada, yada. I've done all, I've made all of the poor choices. I mean, thankfully I've never been in jail or anything crazy, but like I've done all the poor choices, but I really don't have regret. Like, I feel like everything is just a building block of who I am and I've had people ask me like, well, what do you like, do you have, like, what's something that you regret? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, regret is that weird? That last drink or that last t-shirt. That's my regret. It's not <laughs> doing more. I don't regret anything. I didn't know. I didn't have my tools and that's, you know, sorry. Oh no. Well, so I just, I, I feel like, I don't know if I'm rare or the way that I operate is not we are rare the way you should <laughs> we are rare because i also see how people are now like people our age who are coming to terms with the fact that they've been diagnosed with adult adhd and like they have regrets and they are grieving who they were and the fact that they didn't have and it's like what i don't understand that i was diagnosed late with adhd as well and i don't grieve fucking anything about i don't think about it i'm just moving forward because that's what you do like i just don't get it so yeah we're not close to understanding any about anything about that. <laughs> I, I think that this is exactly, this is so good. Good for you. Good for you. And it's actually good for you. I totally, again, I think the biggest message that I would have brought today is that your feelings really are a reflection of how you're thinking about things and you're thinking about things in ways that do not generate regret. And you're absolutely right when you mentioned what people can do is they can say like they can, and I can relate to this because this, you know, I've, I've done a lot of this, where you see what could have been. And again, it's like what um, psychologists call counterfactual thinking. So you start to see possibilities, you start to see basically opportunity costs. Like if I had known that I would have done this, and then that probably would have led me to some other outcome that I would have preferred. So essentially what people are regretting is the loss, the loss of something that they imagine they could have had, but But it didn't exist, but it didn't exist. That's exactly right. So, but our mind can't tell the difference really, if depending on how clearly we can see that possibility, it can live for us like something that's real. And the nice thing about that is if it really is something that you really still want, the good news is, is you can start to move towards that. If at all possible, regret can alert you to the fact that, oh, that's something I want. Okay, well, what can I do to start moving towards that now? But definitely you can have that sense of like the quality of your life could have been so much more improved than you feel that loss between what was and what could have been. So you notice the gap and it's really the gap that makes, that causes feelings of regret. Yeah, well, I, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate that you validated that it's okay that I'm just like, I don't though. Like, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I was at first, I'm like, Ooh, is that abnormal for me to not care? No, then- no, I think it's great <laughs> because I think what's there, if you think about it. So, so somebody like me who feels regret might have a thought, like I should have known better. I should have known sooner somebody should have told me again we're back to feelings as 
of overwhelm can come from should thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So, or even negative feelings can come from should thoughts, but you're not having that thought. You're having, for you, the, the way the world works is I just keep, I, I go out, I learn stuff, I incorporate, I go out, I learn stuff, I incorporate, I go out, I learn stuff, I incorporate, I go out, I learn stuff, I incorporate. So what should be is that I go out, I learn stuff and I incorporate and I just keep moving forward. That's how it should be. Whereas somebody like me is thinking, no, it should be that you should have told me that you should have helped me, that I should have got this sooner, that I should have been able to know on my own or something, right? So I've got a different should that wasn't, again, expectation that wasn't met. And it's this and holding on to it, which is creating all these feelings of regret rather than oh, well, I learned and now I'm incorporating that and I'm moving forward and I will use this learning in the future as I move forward. And there's going to be a bunch of other things I don't know either that I'm going to learn that I'm going to incorporate and that I'm going to use to move forward. Yeah. So is that like a, I mean, maybe diving into completely different schools of thought here, but is that like a nature versus nurture thing? Or do you find it's really dependent on the individual and the situation? Yeah, how it is you came to be that way versus maybe, you know, the way that I came to be the way I am. Yeah, I think I don't. Yeah, the nature nurture for me, I think is just. I think of it more probably like structure agency, which says that, you know, if I think if it's more like the, the structure is responsible for the individual, then I think that the structure, right, your parents, your teachers, the media, your doctor, your nurse, your lawyer, all those, your, your uh, priest they should have told me, like they were charged with telling me, bringing me up mm-hmm. to speed and getting me on track, on board, right? Mm-hmm. Versus maybe a more um, agency-oriented approach is going to be like, no, nobody owes you nothing. You're just a human being. You're just dumped into the mix, and now you just start learning, period, right. end of story. There's nothing <laughs> that's owed you. <laughs> I don't know. I, nobody owes me nothing. I don't owe anybody nothing either, as far as yeah. I've been concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like growing up, it was very much a dust yourself off and you'll be all right. You'll be no all blood, right. No blood, no hospital. Like I would get back on the horse now, you know, like yep. <laughs> no blood, no hospital. Get up. You'll be fine. Get up. Keep going. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so... bleeding. You're lying. Get up. <laughs> right. Right. It's, I feel like that was an often the, uh, the mantras that were, yes, yeah. was like, well, you know. You just get right back on that horse. Still got all those fingers and toes, <laughs> don't you? Look at those knees working. Let's try that again. You know, like never focusing on the bad, always <laughs> focusing on the things you have that are positive because can't control the bad. It's already happened. <laughs> no, that's really, that's amazing. That's great that, that you were sort of getting that again they were shaping how you think about what happens when you fall down or when you have a hardship or when you have a setback or when all the things, when you're inadequate, when you fail. When, you know, and essentially what was there was try it again, try it again, try it again, try it again. Mm -hmm. In some fashion. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Try it again. Yeah. Rather than nobody, rather than sort of having the knight in shining armor kind of thing, the damsel in distress, which is like, no, no, I have to wait until somebody comes and saves me. You know, I can't just take care of things on my own. And I think some of this is also like, again, a generational thing. I think as we, again, move forward, there was more women were more empowered to mm-hmm. do things. So I think some of this is also generational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely yeah. think that my mom provided me a lot more independence than uh, moms in that era, if you will. 
like I was definitely the odd duck in my friend group because I had just a different independent way of thinking. I wasn't tuned in to like what boys could do for me. And like marriage was never something that interested me when the girls that I went to school with were all creating collages of wedding dresses. And I'm like, that's, that's weird. Like, don't you want to go to school and become something or somebody? You just want to make babies. Okay. So I like, (laughs) we grew up in a really little town. So it was hard for, uh, I would say for me to fit in, I guess, but I'm thankful I have that. Yeah. And so it's hard to say how much of that was nature and how much of that was nurture, like how Mm -hmm. much was you already sort of just an independent, uh, zestful, robust, you know, gritty, they call it grit, uh, individual gritty now. Yeah. I'm going to start using that one now. <laughs> yeah. Grit, grit. It's a thing. They study aggressive? it. It's a thing. Yeah. Get rid of aggressive. Hello, grit. <laughs> yeah. Grit, well, which the- means that you're courageous, which means yeah. that you're, you know, you're, you, yeah, there's bravery and courage mm-hmm. and a zest. And you think there's things, you know, you want to do, and you're going to go out there and do them. And even if the culture is making sense of you in terms of aggressive, well, that's the culture, not understanding. That's not you just because they say that doesn't mean it's true. I mean, yeah. it matters because you have to cope with them saying that, mm-hmm. and, and you have to work with it if you want to get along with them. But it's really, again, it's the rendering based on, you know, it's the take, the, the, um, yeah. what mm-hmm. we call the interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The perception. Yep. The perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to totally butcher this, but I used to have a guy that I worked <laughs> with who's Jewish and he's always like, you have a lot of, uh, wutzpah or wutzpah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why you're, that's why you're an entrepreneur. That's why you have a podcast <laughs> right. a part of this, right? Cause you right. have to go it alone and you have to be able to go it alone, but I'm yeah. so glad, glad you guys are going it like pals. Cause that makes it so much funner. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I don't we think that be here if we weren't friends. Um, well, and I don't, I mean, I enjoy podcasting and I actually used to work in radio for a little while, but I definitely don't think I do just like me and a guest or me by myself. Like the only way that I would do this is with Sarah because it's, it's, well, I mean, you know, it's fun. You obviously were like, (laughs) the whole point of this is that it's fun. Um, but it also, it like gives a little bit of a, a recharge to my week too. Like, yeah, like, like positive not, social enco- encounters. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It strengthens you. It encourages you. It emboldens you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps. Plus, if you do spot. really, yeah, <laughs> if you do, and if you do have those little things too, like you mentioned, you know, the one gets, makes the decisions and the other kind of, yeah. so you can borrow on each other's strengths and, you know, some is great. Oh yeah. We would both. be an ideal couple if we were attracted to each other and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> the orientations were different one was a guy we would be a complete I, we had to have been a couple in another life that's what I'm sticking with because you know, like the closeness yeah. that we have but we're so opposite human beings it just yes yeah, so a very yin yang effect yes yeah, so, <laughs> so much fun I'm so thrilled you. for you so thrilled for you <laughs> well thank you and I am thrilled for our listeners because you have a little uh, special offer for them. So you want to tell them about it? Yeah. Well, basically I created just a little, you know, a little 
masterclass on this conquering overwhelm with a three-step process. And when you watch the masterclass, you can also get the companion guide. So you can use it to help you over overwhelmed. And I really encourage people also, it's like um, to, you know, sign up for our book a call and, you know, talk to me about what's going on and see what I can do to help you, you know, get some clarity and get moving forward. Yeah. Get off the decision fence, people make really honestly, (laughs) even if you don't, even if you like, are maybe on the cusp of, do I need this? Am I smelling the smell that everybody else thinks stinks? Give her a call. It's 20. It's free. Just yeah, do it. Exactly. <laughs> so how can people find you? Well, they can find the little guide that I made for them. So they can find me at Bosch. Um, what is it? Bosch integrativewellness.com forward slash and then romance. Okay, perfect. And Bosch it. is spelled like the appliance B-O-S-C-H. And then it's integrativewellness.com. And uh, uh, they can follow you on Instagram too, right? Yep. Yep. I think it's Leslie underscore. No, sorry. It's Bosch underscore integrative underscore wellness. Yeah. Okay. All right. It'll be in the show notes too. So yeah. Perfect. Is there, um, a piece, any piece of advice, something that we didn't cover today that you like to just like a little golden nugget that you like to tell people? (laughs) Well, I guess for me, you know, here again, I'm, I I am biased or whatever, but self-care is critical. You've got to make time to take good care of yourself. And again, for me, like as an integrative wellness coach, that means, you know, you've got to take time to sleep well. You've got to take time to nourish your body, to exercise. You've got to make time for your relationships. You've got to have that sense of purpose in your life and know what your values are, know what your strengths are. You've got to um, have, you know, your environment, time with nature typically, or, um, and you've got to have those strategies for bouncing back for recovering from stress. You've got to have those times where you rejuvenate and recover. And I know a lot of people think they don't have time for this, but the truth of the matter is you really don't have time for not this because ultimately (laughs) at the end of the day, you're just going to, you're going to burn out and you only have one body and you really do have to take good care of it. And there really yes. is the mind body connection. So you need to take care of your mental health as well as your or emotional health, as well as your physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's that time of the show for Atta Girls. So beep, beep. we are, um, or it's a segment where we end the show on a positive note and we say something that is either good that happened to us or something that we did that was good that we're proud of my at a girl is um my senior doggy has been having some trouble with her back legs especially on the ceramic tile she's been a little slippy slidey and so the stairs to my like side door which is the main entrance she goes in and out I cut up um like the, the spongy shelf paper that has like a little bit of grip to it and put those on my stairs for her. And I also put a kitchen, like a full size, like kitchen mat under where her bowl and stuff is. And it seems to be helping. I mean, in combination (laughs) with osteoarthritis medication, but at (laughs) least when she comes up the stairs, she's not completely wiping out anymore. So my girl, yeah, my little like intuitive or I mean innovative home improvement thought here of I'm just going to take something that's sticky. 
<laughs> and inexpensive. It put it there has worked. So go me. <laughs> go you at a girl. Thank you. Girl. Yeah, no kidding. Go little Gia. Uh, that little rock star <laughs> yeah she's um 13 and a half so she is getting up there she's cruising mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sarah what's your girl? well it's fairly on brand for today as a matter of fact um i woke i woke up this morning and just wasn't feeling motivated to do it and then i got here and i'm just on i'm just overwhelmed with all the things that i don't all the moving parts basically at my job right now. So I'm just, I took a minute today and I was like, mm, I need a walk. And I left my house and I took a walk. I don't normally do that. And then I took another break today. I walked around my backyard and just kind of hung out without a phone and like looked at the leaves, checked them out, like just taking time to not do the big stuff right now. And it actually helped. So proud of myself. Had a you. girl. That's yeah. right. Had a girl. Excellent. Thank you. It's just, little things you know mm-hmm. as long as you're ones. not 100% freezing and like never going back to it you're just like I'm gonna live out here in the leaves forever <laughs> <laughs> no thankfully I still have a calling to come back inside and actually okay. do stuff yeah no it's <laughs> did its job and recharged me enough to be like I could be productive for the next 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> exactly recharge little things little things that's the yes. good word recharge yes. and and I've been ensuring that I've, this is a big gulp for those who cannot see. I'm sucking down a big 52 ounce cup of water. I'm trying to do it one of these a day. So there you go. That's another great thing that's important to do. Water. Yes. Add a girl. Mm-hmm. Add a girl. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So healthy habits. That's what we've been introducing. That's healthy habits. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And here, here comes August. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can see Kitty. So Leslie, what's your add a girl? Well, for me, I'm just, I'm just doing the podcast tours, you know, <laughs> trying to get out there and, you know, get visible and be seen and try and let people know that I'm out here and I'm, you know, really want to help them uh, to, you know, optimize their response to stress. And so I'm just so excited to make new friends. I really appreciate the chance to meet you and to be here with you. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. So we appreciate you sharing all of your uh, knowledge and um, also, you know, I always appreciate validation and you agreeing with me <laughs> on uh, my tips and ways of handling some things. So that's helpful. Um, but for everybody else, they can get more information and dig deeper by going to boshintegrativewellness.com forward slash homance um, to see your masterclass and I'm sure sign up for many other helpful tools. And um, if anybody is interested in being a guest on our show or has a topic suggestion, you can email us at homancepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore podcast or no underscore chronicles. I've only done this 700 times and I still mess it up. Um, Been like 200 something. And uh, we have a Facebook closed group, the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone that you can join for extra tidbits and tabbits as well. So if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you. Thank you. So fun. Homance out. Mm. This is how you hit the end record button. God. (laughs)